I have a very simple question this morning. Someone asked me today, as they were coming in, they said, what are you going to preach on or teach on today? And I gave them a question. And I said, that and that alone is what I'm going to preach on. And it's this question. I want, to, I, want you to, I want to ask you this question. I want you to process it for the next 25 minutes in your head. It's this question. What do you really need right now? What do you really need right now? I wonder how you would answer that question. And I wonder how you would answer that question if Jesus himself stood before you and asked you that question. What do you really need right now? What if Jesus did ask us that question? And what if when you responded with what you really need, Jesus said to you that what you really need is not what you thought you really needed? What if Jesus told you that what you really need is something that you thought you had an abundance of? What if Jesus told you that what you really need right now is something that you are surrounded by every single day? What do you really need right now? Let's talk about water, okay? Can I do that? I'm going to. Water. The human body is made up of 60% water. Looks, that looks pretty good. I don't know why someone just said ooh to water, but if you all feel that way about water, then this is not going to go very well. 60% water the human body is made up of. 71% of the Earth's surface is covered by water. Every year in Washington, Indiana, we receive 64 inches on average of water precipitation coming down from the sky. So, since we're made up of 60% water, the Earth's surface is covered primarily with water, and we receive so much water in our city alone, just falling from the sky, we can conclude that what we do not need is more water, right? We've got enough. We don't need any more water. Amen? No. I mean, most of you know the reality that if you don't drink water within three to four days, you will dehydrate and you will die. We need water to live, to survive. And although we have an abundance of water, 71% of the earth's surface they claim, is covered by water, 97% of that water is salty ocean water. It's not suitable to drink. And although we, any one of us at this moment, and maybe you will, will walk out these doors, or could walk out these doors, and get a drink from a water fountain right now at this moment, or you could walk into the kitchen, you could grab a cup, and you could fill it up through the, the tap, and it would run in water. 
And although almost any one of us could open a refrigerator and take a cold bottle of water out of that refrigerator and get a drink, the reality is half a billion people today in 29 countries are living in areas where water is a scarcity, where they do not have enough water to live. And I share all that to say this, although water is an abundance on our planet, although most people are surrounded by water every single day, many of us are still thirsty. Amen? And people today are still dying of dehydration and continue to every single day. Have I depressed you yet? So I ask that question again. What do you really need right now? What do you really need right now? What do the people around you, what do your family members need right now? What do your friends really need right now? What do your co-workers and neighbors really need at this moment right now? In John chapter 4, and I'd encourage you to turn there in your pew Bible or your Bible that you carried in here this morning, or if you're following along on the Bible app, it is outlined there for you. John chapter 4, we read of Jesus leaving Judea, or leaving Judea and heading into Galilee. John chapter 4. Jesus is leaving Judea. He's heading into Galilee. And it says that he has to go through Samaria. Jesus just had to go through Samaria. And so Jesus, beginning in the very early morning hours, he walks for about five to six hours from Judea into Samaria. He walks about 30 miles, and at about noon, the sun is scorching down upon him, and Jesus, just as he had to go through Samaria, Jesus had to stop at a well. So we read that Jesus stops at about noon, and he sits down next to a well known as Jacob's Well in the tiny Samaritan village of Sakar. And he sends his disciples away to go get some food. When, verse 7, a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Now, imagine this scene with me. Jesus, exhausted, tired, thirsty from walking all morning long, he stops by this well. He tells his disciples to go away, go get some food. And then he sits down. I'm sure his disciples thought that he's going to get himself a drink he very easily could have. But instead, Jesus sits and he waits. And at about noon, then this woman, within minutes, she comes walking up to draw water herself. She's carrying her own pail or her own pitcher so that she can get her own water. She has everything that she needs to get the water herself. And then she sees Jesus. 
Now, this was an encounter that she had never planned for. But I believe that this was an, an encounter that was ordained by God for her to come upon Jesus sitting at the well that afternoon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Verse 9, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Hmm. I ask again, what do you really need right now? What do the people around you really need right now? This woman was hurting, but she wouldn't tell anybody about it. This woman was hopeless, and yet she didn't even know it. She couldn't even see how hopeless and how desperate she was. So Jesus waits for her. Jesus waits for her in the most common place. Jesus waits for her in a place that she had passed hundreds of times before. Jesus waits for her in a place that she went every single day. Jesus waits for her. And then he, he offers to her that thing that she needs the most. That thing that she thought she had an abundance of. That thing that she was surrounded with by every single day. Church, I wonder, what if Jesus were to ask you this morning, what do you really need right now? And what if when you answered him, he told you that what you really need right now is not what you thought you really needed. What if Jesus told you that what you really need right now is what you thought or think that you have an abundance of, that thing that you are surrounded by every single day? What if... In Libya today, where water is a scarcity. What if in their dehydration, watching, not only knowing of their thirst, but also knowing and watching their children die of dehydration every single day. What if in Libya today, parents grabbed their buckets and they went on out to the salty Mediterranean Sea? And they start scooping up this water and taking it back to their homes and telling their children to drink. At least now, you'll have something to drink. We have an abundance of water around us at all times. So drink up, kids. You see, just as we have an abundance of water, 
71% of the earth's surface and 97% of it is not suitable to drink, we have an abundance of information before us every single day. We have teachers and, and counselors and writers and YouTubers and even religious leaders that are telling us, here's the path, drink up. And yet many of them are killing us every single day, polluting our minds, destroying our families, and killing us every single day. Because many of these voices are leading us away from Jesus. Amen? We better recognize, church, what we really need right now. What the people around you really need right now is something that only Jesus can offer. It cannot be a need that is filled by anything else but Jesus. And people have been trying for thousands of years to fill that need within them with something other than Jesus. We just need more information. We just need more explanation. We just need more technology. Well, I just need something new, and that will fill what I need right now. I just need a relationship, and that's going to fill what I need right now. Maybe I just need a different church, and that will fill what I need right now. I want to tell you, only Jesus can fill every need in your life. And I say that with full assurance, with full confidence, because I know it to be true. How many others do as well? What we really need right now is Jesus. Amen? Verse 11. Sir, the woman said, where can I get this living water? Where can I get this living water? See, she recognized that what she really needed right then was something that she did not have and did not know how to get. She realized that she was hopeless. She was desperate for what Jesus was offering. Church, I ask again, what do you really need right now? Jesus waits for this woman in a commonplace, probably the most commonplace in the village, a place where she had gone hundreds of times before, a place that she went every single day, and when she arrives, he asks her for a drink. Friends, I wonder... Where is Jesus waiting for you right now? Where is Jesus waiting for you right now? Waiting for you to pass by so that he can ask you for a drink. Waiting for you to pause with him. For you to recognize his presence. For you to spend a little time hearing what he has to offer to you. So often we, we hear that question, what do you really need right now? And I say, well, you know what? I have everything that I need. 
As I consider this message and I've got Jesus and I've got the promise and the hope of salvation in Him and eternity spent with Him, but I cannot get enough of what Jesus has to offer. So if you're here this morning, you've been a follower of Jesus for, for decades, or if you come in here this morning and you do not yet have a relationship with Jesus, I want to tell you, Jesus is waiting for you, and he wants, to pa- he wants you to pause. He wants you to recognize. He wants you to hear what he has to offer and what he alone can bring into your life. Only Jesus has what we need right now. Only Jesus has what the people around you need right now. So as we close this morning, I want to I challenge us to do three things. As we close this morning and as we prepare ourselves and as we prepare those around us for Easter Sunday in just four weeks, I'm going to challenge us to do three things. I'm going to have uh, Bob Eigelhart come up and uh, start to assist me in this. The first thing I'm going to challenge us to do is to come to the altar and to get a drink. Literally, get a drink. Now, there's nothing special or holy about this water that Bob is going to to place on the altar here. Instead, let this serve as a symbol of what we really need in Jesus. Let this water serve as a symbol that, that, of what Jesus alone can offer to us. And as you come and you, you take a cup and you get a drink, let this be your personal commitment to the Lord that you will strive to pause with Him. That you will strive to, to recognize His presence in these sometimes common places. Let this serve as your personal commitment that you will strive to hear his voice and hear what he alone can offer to you. So friends, I'm going to encourage you here in a few minutes to come and to simply get a drink. If you need to pause at the altar, you want to sit in the pew, you want somebody to pray with you, or you simply want to pray by yourself, you want somebody to pray with you, Let us know, and we'd be glad to pray with you. The reality is that so many of us are hurting and hopeless, and when we come to Jesus, that's when we recognize just how hurt and how hopeless we are. The second thing I'm going to challenge you to do, after you take a drink and you get some of this water, is to keep the cup. Keep the cup. Place it in your car. Place it in your home. Place it on your desk at work. Somewhere where you will see it and be reminded that this commitment that you have made before the Lord, that you will pause. You will strive to recognize. You will strive to hear what he has to offer to you. What do you really need right now? I'd encourage you to keep that cup and perhaps it will serve as a conversation starter for someone else who will see that cup in your home or in your car 
are on your desk. What better way to tell someone about the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ than to tell them the story of the woman at the well? So I'm going to encourage you to come to get a cup, to take a drink, to keep the cup. And then third, I'm going to challenge us all to offer a cup to someone in the next four weeks. Where can you share that invitation for someone to meet Jesus? See, our modern day wells can be the water cooler at work. It can be the kitchen table in our home. It can be the booth at uh, the local restaurant. It can be a couch at the coffee shop. Where can you share that invitation for someone to come to meet Jesus? People are thirsty, friends. They're thirsty to know the truth and to know an authentic Savior that can deliver that truth, can deliver everything that they need in their life. And I believe that only Jesus can do that. And I believe that because he's proven himself to me time and time again. Amen? So as Karen and Kay come and they begin to play, I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to invite you to get a drink, keep the cup, and share a cup in the weeks to come.